Hello there and welcome back to the SWTVC podcast, the audio home of the SWTVC crew and the ongoing push for the continued existence, expansion, and success of the heritage scale of Star Wars collecting. I'm your host, Evan, and this week I sat down with toy sculptor Sarah Lynn Reynolds to chat Star Wars, action figures, and get a tiny peek behind the curtain as to what it takes for those sweet, sweet plastic masterpieces to get made. Sarah is responsible for many figures across all of the Star Wars lines, notably the TVC Mandalore Mall and uh, the retro Moff Gideon and Bo-Katan figures. Uh, I won't keep y'all waiting any longer, so without further ado, here she is, Sarah Lynn Reynolds. Well, Sarah, thank you again for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's nice to be able to talk to someone that's on the professional side when it comes to uh, chatting about toys and action figures. Any listeners of the show uh, or followers on Instagram will know that it's a lot of collectors uh, talking in their own echo chambers about stuff and not really having much peek behind the curtain as to what's happening. Uh, and so it's nice to finally be able to chat with someone who does have a little bit of uh, knowledge uh, behind what it takes to, uh, you know, get an action figure going. So, uh, Sarah, would you mind introducing yourself for the listeners? Yeah, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to kind of talk into that echo chamber, too, sometimes, because you do notice that. And it's like, oh, I think I, you know, could, you know, maybe shine some light on some things. Um, before we start, uh, I don't directly work for Hasbro, so I am a freelancer with them, but I don't represent the company. So my opinions are obviously my own. Um, don't attack me for some, you know, some, some decisions about figures getting cut or anything. I don't really have anything to do with that. I just kind of do whatever they ask me to sculpt, basically. Sweet, you're a hired gun. Yeah, pretty much. So it's been great. Um, I've been with Hasbro for, I think the last five or six years now. Um, they recruited me directly out of school. So I went to Ringling College of Art and Design. I was in the game art and design major. And then um, Hasbro runs a workshop through the school. So they basically ask us to concept and then sculpt out our own action figures. So that's what I did. I did the workshop for two years in a row. In my second year, they actually offered me a job. Oh, nice. Um, so it was really fun. It was really rewarding. Um, <laughs> I think the articulation for my figure that I did back then probably wasn't very functional, but it was a great intro to, you know, at least getting my feet wet with it. And then when I started in-house with them, I did um, a year in-house in Rhode Island, and they taught me kind of more of the details of actually making an action figure. And, you know, they had the rapid prototyping lab, so we were able to see the parts that we were sculpting. Um, get prototyped and, you know, physically see it and see how everything worked together too. So that was really cool. Um, and then from there, I just continued on with the company, obviously as a hired gun. And it's been great ever since. I have a really good relationship with them. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I wish I would have done that myself <laughs> uh, instead of just collecting things. You can, I mean, you can always start. It's pretty easy. Just, well, it's, uh, it's not that easy, but I should, yeah. I say that after having, years of experience doing it but it's yeah. you know you can always start anyone can so well um when you kind of got into it and i know that you've done you know, obviously some star wars figures that's why we're here um what is uh what's your relationship been with uh, been like with star wars in particular are you were you a fan growing up did you grow up with it or are you someone that just uh it's a job or you know someone that's kind of like oh that's neat and you get to enjoy it as you uh, are uh getting projects that are related to it 
my answer to this is a little complicated. So okay. as a kid, I think I was like probably the right age when the prequels started hitting. So with that, I was really obsessed with like Padme's costumes and all the art behind the movies when I was a kid. So, you know, everything on Coruscant was like beautiful. And as a kid that's interested in art, you're like obsessed with all of that immediately. Um, and I still think, you know, Maul's design is, is one of the best, most iconic villain designs just of all time. So on the art side as a kid, I was really into it. Um, I don't think I quite understood what was happening with the stories. And I just remember being like, this Jar Jar is like really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember at the time I was like, I feel like Padme and Anakin's relationship is kind of weird, but I didn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, don't question yeah. it. <laughs> right. Um, so from that, the art angle, I was really into it at the time. But, and now I'm going to make everybody hate me, my own followers included after this. Um, I always kind of joke that my career is a result of one piece of karma. And uh, that was when I was a freshman in college, you know, it was 2011. So at the time, everything was to be very hipster. So everything was like, oh, we're not into anything popular. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was like back in Pittsburgh, like pre-college, like, you know, drinking PBR with my friends and like old pro whiskey in Pittsburgh. So we're like totally like hipsters, like everything was flat, whatever. So <laughs> I, I remember those times. <laughs> right. Not, not great. Not a great look. But uh, so I remember my freshman year of college, I was really big. And in my first like writing class, this girl wrote this essay on Star Wars. And I remember we were supposed to critique people's essays. So I wrote in big red letters on her essay, I don't care about Star Wars, make me care about Star Wars. <laughs> and I think my entire career is karma for that. And that being said, you know, now that everybody hates me, I was wrong. I don't think that anymore. <laughs> well, I, good. <laughs> right. This was, you have to like, from my perspective, I really became a fan with like Rogue One. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Rogue One. I think it was really great but it took that for me to like start taking star wars seriously from my guess a story perspective yeah. because art wise it's always incredible but for me that was when i really really got into the series personally and you know they've just been doing kind of more stuff with the mandalorian that i really like and so that's that's my angle in so but yeah now that everybody hates me that was my <laughs> My career is a result of karma. I'll have them take it easy on you in the comments. Uh, yeah. I, I know we've all we've all uh, had our hot takes on uh, Star Wars and things people like. I know I spent many years uh, being one of those. I, I grew up with the prequels as well, but I, yeah. I in my teenage years being like, oh, they're so terrible, and right. doesn't that make me cool? And it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, as I've like, gotten I, older, as like, an yeah. adult, I'm like, oh, this is a really iconic major. So, like, there's so much good history behind it, and just yeah. so much great crafting and artistry that I'm like, why did I ever have that opinion? Like, <laughs> what was going on? Like, I don't know. But yeah, I definitely think revisiting the prequels just as a fan too, it's like, there's so much interesting story going on, but it's maybe not necessarily like executed the best with the acting, yeah. and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's like, I feel like some of the political stuff as a book would have worked really well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I know I, I showed my girlfriend the uh, the prequels. You know, when we first started dating, we watched the Star Wars movies. I made the um, controversial decision to show them to her in uh, <laughs> chronological order one through uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, before we went and uh, watched the the new ones, and um, 
she got super attached to Anakin and Padme in episodes one through three. <laughs> she was crying and gasping and she liked the originals. But then when we got to Return of the Jedi, where they had uh, composited in Hayden Christensen as Anakin instead of uh, the old man, uh, Sebastian Shaw, yeah. uh, she just, we had to pause the movie. She was just sobbing, slobbering, <laughs> just snotty wreck. I'm sure she'll be mad if she ever listens to this. She was just destroyed. But yeah, no. It, and so it was kind of that where I just kind of had that come to Jesus moment of like, oh, yeah, no, this the story works like I, I was too close to it and I got to complain. And now it's just like, appreciate it for what it right. is. Um, yeah. But enough about that. How about uh, let's talk about uh, action figures and sculpting all that stuff. So, um, you know, you you said that you've uh, worked for Hasbro or not for Hasbro directly, but done sculpts for Hasbro, done work for Hasbro. Mm -hmm. um, roughly how many figures have you done for them and you know what across which lines um in particular how many uh, vintage collection figures uh, did you sculpt so i had to go back into my invoices for this one and so i think total projects i don't know exactly how many full figures i've done but um in terms of total projects i think i'm sitting right now with the two that i'm currently on total i think i'm around one 180 i think wow. that was it Okay. Yeah. So at least at least freelance, it's definitely like around 180, if not 180 exactly right now. Nice. Um, so but that could be, you know, kind of smaller stuff like or revisions on other people's sculpts, because sometimes if they're not available, they'll turn it over to other people. So okay. they'll be like, hey, you know, the original person uh that sculpted this full figure is on another project. We need someone else to just come in. So, because we got some provisions, you know, for manufacturing a little bit later. And so sometimes it's going in on other people's figures and doing revisions there. Sometimes it's reworking figures. So um, sometimes it'll be taking, you know, a six inch black series figure and altering it in some ways, like making it smaller, adding more parts, doing some corrections to make it printable for, you know, vintage, stuff like that. Um, and as far as lines, okay, this is this is going to be a lot. Um, In-house, I started with Little Spetra. So I did some of that. A very small amount of My Little Pony. I'm just kind of starting small and I'll, you know, go, go bigger. Uh, a lot of Disney Princess stuff. Um, I did a little bit of Marvel back in the day when I was in-house and a little bit outside. But uh, the manager I mainly worked with on that left the company. So I have kind of been slammed with every other line so much that I've never gotten a chance to go back and be like, hey, I want to do some Marvel. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I am just more of a fan, despite what I said, of Star Wars. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's easy to kind of be like, oh, I kind of just want to take more of these Star Wars projects on because I think artistically that's a little bit more what I gravitate to. Um, and then a lot of G.I. Joe, especially recently, a lot of Power Rangers, especially recently, uh ghostbusters oh, nice. a little bit of ghostbusters stuff sorry for like ranting there's just so many um no that's that's what we're here for i don't think i've ever done any transformers i got offered a transformers project but i was too busy and had to turn it down unfortunately but i kind of want to do transformers uh let's see anything else that's i think that pretty much covers it there's probably other ones here and there like sometimes we'll go on some monopoly concept stuff or you know like Fortnite or whatever but usually it's kind of those main lines Okay. Well, dang, that's quite a uh, storied, varied uh, resume yeah. right there of figures. <laughs> um, you did mention something that I, I had on my notes here. Um, 
with or when you're tasked to do sculpts, uh, is it for a certain scale or are they sculpts that can be adapted across multiple scales, depending on the uh, engineering of the uh, articulation? And you kind of said that, you know, kind of tweaking to make mm -hmm. certain things smaller. So I was just kind of curious about that. Is it uh, does uh, Hasbro approach certain things or do you approach certain things like this is going to be for a six inch scale uh, or this is going to be only for a three and three quarter inch scale or the two inch scale even? Uh, or is it just kind of like, hey, just make something that can be kind of adapted as a master sculpt across a couple lines, if need be. We don't often do master sculpt kind of stuff, at least in my experience. Usually when I get a project, uh, it'll be for a specific line. So say I get a, a vintage collection figure, they may have a, a, a Black Series figure that they want to adapt in some ways, and you might take parts from that. Okay. But generally, when you're getting a project, you know it's for vintage scale, so you're going to be prepared to make it, you know, a three and three quarter inch figure, as opposed to a six inch. Um, like sometimes it does happen. I think for I don't think I can say specific figures, but it does occasionally happen. You okay. do change stuff though, because when you're you know printing at different scales, you need to pay more attention to the texturing because something, you know might not necessarily come across as strongly in such a small figure, if that makes yeah. sense. So there's small details with, with how things are printed and manufactured that you really have to keep in mind for the different sizes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know um, some eagle-eyed folks notice and, and you know, nerds, uh, I don't mm -hmm. want to throw myself under the bus. Uh, but no, I'm a nerd too. I mean, yeah, you know. we, we've noticed, you know, as we we pour over these action figures that we get, sometimes people are like, oh, this looks like a shrunk down version, like the new Lando uh, that came mm -hmm. out from Empire Strikes Back. Some folks are looking at it, it's like, oh, yeah, that looks like it's kind of based off of the Black Series one. Um, so kind of trying to, where we all discuss amongst ourselves, like, oh, can they scale these down? And so it's nice to be able to get a, a, a more direct answer of just kind of how that's approached. So thank yeah, you. you can. I think for the most part, they do try to change stuff. Um, so it's not like a one-to-one -one thing necessarily, yeah. but they do definitely reuse parts just because it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to make one of these action figures. So, and they're always trying to improve stuff. So if a manager is like, hey, we did this sculpt years ago and our tech has come a long way, we do definitely improve things. So it's not like we're using old pieces and then like trying to repackage them and, you know, like trying to dupe anyone in any way. It, it is always trying to make the product better. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. I know, I know some things that are old do slip through the cracks, but a lot of us, yeah. you know, it makes sense for certain things. Um, I know there's Han Solo out right now that uses parts that were made in 2004 and it doesn't mm -hmm. age well, but it was one of those that it's an exclusive. So it's, it's cheaper uh, to offer right, to the retailer. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, or actually that one's not an exclusive, but it's one of those uh, refreshes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not, not always bad. Uh, not, not always great. Not always what we like to see, but at the same time, you know, it's, we understand the reality of that in most cases. Right. Well, it's good to know too, that, you know, they are sculpted with the articulation in mind as well. I know. Oh yeah. I mean, I do, we do all of our, like articulation is the most important thing when you're doing one of these, like, I mean, obviously you want it to look good too, but uh, really functionality is super important, obviously. I know for uh, a few years there, Hasbro had scaled back to the um, five POA, the five points of articulation, mm -hmm. and that was something that was met with some uh, criticism. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I not some not my bag either. But those sculpts for that era of the five points of articulation figures, those sculpts are 
incredible. Uh, they were mm-hmm. towards towards the end of that five POA run. I know that there are some amazing uh, sculpts there that you know I, I look at them. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what it would take to just uh, revisit that with some more uh, articulation <laughs> points. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is that something that could have they ever done something like that? Is work from you know uh, adapting a five POA sculpt uh, and being able to maybe add more articulation to it. Uh, not saying that's something that they've done, but just is that something that could be possible theoretically? Personally, um, I haven't done specifically that. Like I haven't, I don't think I've worked with those figures particularly, but during the concept phase of sculpting, uh, a lot of the managers will try out different forms of articulation and a lot of those concept sculpts never get released. So I have a ton of really, really beautiful full figure sculpts (laughs) that I wish I could show people from over the years. Yeah. But um, I can't because they either decided to go in a different direction with articulation or something, and it's just kind of like forever locked in the vault. And you wish you could share it with people, but you know, ultimately, you can't. And I think I think sometimes it's for the better. Like I think sometimes usually the best concept comes out on top. Yeah. But definitely speaking of articulation, um, it is really really difficult. I think maybe some fans don't realize to make something look really spectacular but also have really incredible functionality you get more used to it as you're going and i think personally i've definitely improved with that but it is the hardest part of the job like and it is kind of the make or break thing like i know a lot of people that start with hasbro maybe in-house that are sculptors don't necessarily continue on because the articulation is daunting like it is a lot of work like you really have to be an engineer and an artist at the same time and and some people want to just focus on art and that is perfectly acceptable you know it is it's very difficult going back kind of to the the five points of articulation i know uh, uh hasbro has a quote-unquote line expression the retro collection right now kind of running mm-hmm. uh in tandem with vintage collection yeah. and those are of course in the kenner style uh so when uh is there a difference when it comes to designing things that aren't in a realistic style does uh like like the moff gideon that you just did for the retro collection mm-hmm. um does hasbro kind of point to certain kenner uh figures or elements that they want to use for inspiration or is it kind of like a hey uh here's the kenner style go nuts so for that one that was such a fun project because we do have you know existing kenner figures that have been scanned in usually the scans aren't perfect but we had some that, you know, we could spin around in, in my, you know, modeling program, ZBrush. I could look at them. I could see how they were stylizing stuff. So that was super helpful. Uh, for the, the Kenner Moff Gideon that I did specifically, I was pretty much able to stylize him however I want, as long as it fitted the Kenner style, which is why I had so much fun with it. Like, I didn't have, you know, a designer being like, oh, you have to do this, this, and this. I was just like, look at the Kenner style and like go crazy with it. And I was like, that was super rewarding for me personally, because it's just such a fun, like, you know, they're all kind of like melted and kind of wonky looking. And it's just kind of fun to capture that retro vintage thing. You know, maybe it's going back to my hipster days or something, (laughs) why I enjoyed it so much, but, but yeah, it was great. That's the appeal, you know, the nostalgia factor of being able to get something like, oh, it looks like it did 40 years ago because we're all, you know, frozen in amber. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, I did. uh, I know there's a vintage collection, Moff Gideon. uh, And did did you work on that one at all? No, I didn't. I think um, I'm not sure who did that one, but it is a great figure. Um, Yeah, it, it looked great, but it was not mine. 
Okay. Okay. I did. I did the. I just actually posted it. I think like right before we started talking. Um, the Moff Gideon formation fleet. So that oh, was yeah. another really really fun one. I know uh, that people will probably be mad at me in any of the comments on this since uh, Mission Fleet is something that some some hardcore collectors are not super stoked for. I do. Oh, have, really? Like, they hate, like, what, what What do they like? I'm just super curious. Oh, it's no, like yeah, no. I, I'm just, it's just kind of chatting it out. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, kind of since the market seems still kind of starved for the three and three quarter inch uh, vehicles and and um, figures, um, I know a lot of folks are like, well, why why make a new scale when you have the scale right there? Uh, you know, but at the same time, I I think they're absolutely fun and a great thing for uh, yeah, yeah for kids. It's a great kid friendly line, uh, and hopefully in, inspires a lot of kids as they grow up to make the jump to other lines. Like you know, of course, vintage collection that's the theme of our show here. But even mm-hmm. if they boo hiss, jump to black series in the quote-unquote Star Wars. I'm just curious, I'm curious. Do they know that the person responsible for, for TVC and Mission Fleet is like the same sculpting manager? Do they know that the same person runs that? Or no? Am I not? Am I selling someone out? Am I not no, no. I, I I think some do know that. And that is, it is interesting oh, to is know. That, does that feed into their like upset about it? Maybe, maybe. I know it, you know, we're as collectors, we all get very fickle and particular and um, kind of just, uh, you know, when we see things in one scale and not in another, it gets kind of like, ah, what a bummer. Uh, and yeah. I get that. I feel the same way. But I, I do think uh, Mission Fleet is actually a really fun, quote unquote, line expression. Uh, yeah. so, and there are plenty of things in Mission Fleet that I would love to see in, you know, vintage collection, of course, right, right. that is represented in uh, things like Black Series as well. Um, you know, uh, vintage collection has zero bad batch figures. So those would be fun to see eventually. Oh, that, um, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, hmm. There's so many things I wish I could talk about. But, no, for sure, uh, I wish you could talk about them too, but I won't push or pry. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think with vintage, like, I mean, I think there might be more vehicles coming up. I don't quote me on that. I don't actually have any knowledge. I'm not saying that's happening. Yeah. But just in terms of like looking at how the Razor Crest did. Yeah. Uh, so I did some some stuff in the razor crest like i did some of those oh, awesome. small which i need to post that also i'm really behind on posting stuff on social media <laughs> but uh sometimes when you're doing the work it's really really hard to take pictures of the work and then be like you know there's a lot going on at once but for razor crest i did some of the like soft goods in the ship so i did the blankets and like the bags and that was super fun because we got to see a lot of production pictures from that um but I think that went really well. I think everybody was really happy with how that sold. So hopefully because of the, you know, success of that, that that does translate into more things the fans want to see in terms of vehicles. Again, I'm not saying it is, yeah. but hopefully that, that is the thing that happens. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of uh, on the on the consumer fan side. We're all very much hoping that that sent a clear message as well. Yeah, things yeah. that we want to see because I know uh, back when it got funded, uh, I made a little meme that uh, uh, Steve Evans enjoyed after uh, you know the the Razor Crest took the mantle of having the most <laughs> backers, and then recently they just got it back with uh, was it Galactus that they just took the oh, yeah, yeah. took the throne back. But you know we've had fun little back and forths with that. But you know the colossal amount of backers. I know it was kind of right after I think in one of the live streams, um, Patrick or someone had said, mm-hmm. you know, well we're just making what the market demanded, and we'd been saying for years that the the market data wasn't quite accurate due to a a few other uh, factors kind of going on. So it was nice to be able to have hard concrete data of hey, right. twenty six thousand people wanted this three hundred fifty dollar vehicle, uh, and that's that's a snapshot of just the collector community too. So. Yeah, I think that's such a smart 
thing that they've been doing with that. It's really cool to see some of the projects because they are really unusual. Like, you know, the Razor Crest is such a big, massive thing, and, and you just can't do that if you're probably putting it on a shelf. Like, most people walking into a Target or Walmart probably are not going to be like, I'm going to drop 350 on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you have to be a very particular person. <laughs> yeah, no, a, it's super cool though. But yeah, but yeah. So yeah, and I know that there's a there's a Mission Fleet one out. I know I saw uh, Emily has been posting about mm -hmm. that on Instagram lately. Uh, so that's cool. I, I I do like again, kind of going back to the Mission Fleet where I I do sit. Ooh, wrong scale for me. Uh, I do pick up yeah. things here and there, and I do like seeing things on shelves for you know the younger the younger demographic to be able to yeah. have something to grow up with or see and get hooked uh, get hooked on. So that's how we all start. You know, we find right. something, and then uh, twenty. 21 25 years later we're uh you know in crippling awful financial <laughs> straits in a room filled with plastic crack so <laughs> but, yeah um you know, yeah it happens if it makes you happy yeah you know. yeah um you know uh i was gonna ask i know you said there's plenty there's plenty of figures there's plenty of digital sculpts that you know have gone unmade uh are there are there any that you're allowed to say that any any one that you worked on that was a star wars character that didn't end up making the cut or is that all hush hush i probably can't say specifically but i'll be very vague about this because i'm still salty about this <laughs> um personally yeah um not to you know I love my job. Not they don't do anything wrong. I'm yeah. just saying that, like, I would have loved to see this figure out, and I think a lot of people would have liked it too. Um, but there was a point in time where they were. Hmm, let's see how I can put this. Be <laughs> safe. Uh, there, there was a figure from one of the games, and I'm not going to say what game. But it was a very low poly character that has ne not necessarily been imagined in a super concrete way. And um, I did a realistic take on that character. I'm not going to say which line it was for. Okay. Uh, but it was a realistic take on that character. And it was super fun because they're, you know, a big part of this game. And I think a, bit, a character that people really enjoy from the game, but uh, they were low poly enough that I could kind of create a portrait for them and create, you know, something more artistic and realistic in the, the kind of style that it was in. Um, so it was really, really fun, kind of similar to the mall and how we took the mall from Clone Wars and adapted it to realism. Yeah, it was very similar to that where it was here, you have artistic license to sculpt this figure in a realistic and really like detailed way. Um, and I think a lot of people would have responded really well to it. But probably for budget reasons, I don't I'm not really super clear on the reason it just kind of got cut. So I've always been salty about that one. And there's definitely more from other lines that I <laughs> very salty about but oh i know uh as i mentioned to you in a in one of the emails that i sent you i'm always fascinated uh glutton for punishment when it comes to uh star wars figures that almost existed uh but just didn't yeah. quite i know there was a uh, talk of a uh 5poa dryden voss from solo mm -hmm. back in the day and you know never happened and uh, oh yeah there is another one i can talk about actually speaking of solo yeah um a lot of the stuff from that movie did get cut like we had a lot in production and I don't, I don't know what came down the line from Disney or something, but it, it just got cut. It was really unfortunate, but I was literally three days into a Kahira figure that was really, really cool. Uh, again, I'm not going to say for what line, yeah. but 
but I really, you know, I enjoyed Han Solo. I think, I think a lot of people were kind of unnecessarily harsh on, on Han Solo, but uh, I, I mean, there are problems with it, but anyways, but there was a really fun hero figure that I was three days into and then the manager was like, hey, this just got budgeted out, like it just got cut. And I was like, no, it's so fun. But, oh, so that, that, that hasn't happened. I think, I think it's been a little bit better recently, like with stuff getting cut, but uh, a few years ago, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. I felt like there was a, a while where I was like, everything's just getting cut constantly. Like what's happening? But, yeah. The, uh, th- those, uh, that 2015, like that 2013 to 2018 stretch with the five POA stuff, I know. Yeah, uh, was was it was a it was a rough it was a rough stretch for folks. So when the vintage collection returned, uh, we were all much happier. Uh, yes, that was during that period. So yeah. I think that probably lines up. That makes sense. That makes sense. They were well, probably trying to restructure. Let, let me just say, if you ever know anyone at Hasbro that's like, should we revisit Kira? Uh, most people <laughs> will overwhelmingly now say yes, because we don't have a super articulated one in the three and three quarter inch scale. Uh, um, there is zero Dryden Voss in the three and three quarter inch scale at yeah. all. Uh, you know, we, we're missing a lot of villains these days, just in case. Uh, speaking of uh, the second sister that you did for Black mm-hmm. Series, uh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing figure and Thank you. Uh, I, I love it. I know we don't talk black series on our, our vintage collection show very much, but uh, boo hiss. I have one. Uh, <laughs> I, of course I do. Um, and my, my, my buddy Carlo would be uh, uh, upset if I didn't uh, put that out there that mm-hmm. uh, the fan community in general, uh, she came in, she was ranked number 25 on the community's top 100. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, when we did a uh, March madness bracket for most mm-hmm. wanted vintage collection figures. So She's definitely really wanted, and uh, you know, if your your beautiful, beautiful sculpt could be uh, <laughs> translated to a three and three quarter inch, uh, I bet you anything, Hasbro would not be sad with the returns on that one. So, I'll, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll try to let someone know. I don't know for they, sure. They don't listen to Lolita's freelancers, <laughs> but but I would love to do it. You know, I would love to sculpt more. She was she was a blast. I I love doing villains. You know. Uh, on top of my hipster days, I have a tiny 10 year old moth that lives inside my heart that, you know, I, my preference is sculpting villains. Also, you know, I, I like doing everything, but, but I have a soft spot for villains, which a lot of the managers know, which is why I'm getting a lot of villain projects, but, but yeah, so. Let's, uh. Let me uh, just point out, I'm going to hold it up to the screen here. You're the mall that you did uh, for the vintage collection, Mandalore mall. Uh, good God. Uh, it's easily I, I've I've gushed about it on our show before. Uh, it's it's easily one of my favorite action figures I've ever ever Thank you. ever gotten. It is beautiful. It was just it was a, it was awesome to solve. It was a lot of fun to solve. Yeah, it 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 shows that you had fun with it. It is it, it's perfectly articulated. Uh, maybe one of the most dynamic figures I've ever seen, and even more impressive that it is at the three and three quarter inch scale. So uh, props mm-hmm. there. Thank you. Um, I did want to ask you know. Uh, when it comes to an action figure, can you walk me briefly through the process of how it kind of gets made? Um, you know, what levels it goes through lead times, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, kind of just a quick, quick and dirty run through the, uh, the process from uh, concept to shelves. Sure. Um, it depends for, you know, each kind of project, how much support you have for concept, like kind of like I was saying with the one that I, I got to imagine myself. For me, that's ideal. I really like to just be able to have some artistic freedom where you can. Um, and that's okay that sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, but generally for something like vintage or black series, 
we have a lot of reference from the studio. So they they know these are getting turned into figures. So they'll have like turnarounds of the characters. They take pictures of them in costume and everything. That So we have access to full turnarounds that we can use as reference usually. So that's also a really cool part of the job of seeing, you know, stuff before it's announced or released. I'm uh, jealous. So we, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but we'll generally get a packet that has, you know, the the pictures of the, of the characters. Uh, sometimes it comes with concept support. A lot of the time, especially for vintage and um, Black Series, it's realistic. So we're just really looking at pictures and we don't have concept. Uh, but that is enough of the concept. So I'll take those pictures and then I'll usually start to figure. Sometimes I'll use, you know, it's, it's mostly from scratch for me. Occasionally we'll have 3D scans, so they'll actually 3D scan the actor and we can use that as a base. Usually those aren't, like I think people think of 3D scan and they think that the figure is done. It's not, there's a lot of gaps. It's usually not super great and you have to do a lot to clean it up and a lot to make it actually artistic and aesthetically pleasing. So in some cases there's that. In some cases there's, there's not and you just have to sculpt from scratch. Um, but a big thing is making sure the portrait is accurate um, and then obviously making sure all the costume is accurate. And then after I sculpt everything and put in the articulation, I'll generally hand it over to a manager and they'll, you know, get feedback from Lucasfilm. So Lucasfilm actually has people that checks all the figures and, and make sure everything is on point and on model and like details are correct. So they're very, very detail oriented. So they'll make sure everything is completely perfect to the, to, you know, match the costume and everything and every single detail. So that's kind of why you get a lot of the quality and, and things that are really crazy accurate, especially now. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes there's revision, sometimes there's not. And then you just do whatever revision that they ask for. Usually a figure takes, I'd say a full figure from scratch takes me around three weeks to do pre-revision. And then revisions can take anywhere from, you know, a couple hours to like, I'd say maybe four or five business days, but that's kind of on the extreme end. Okay. Usually you don't get revisions that are that heavy. Uh, so that's that's generally the timeline. And if there's, I mean, if there's anything specific, like yeah. So from from the time that say you're uh, you know assigned a sculptor that you sculpt a figure, um, about how long then is that until the figure is uh, revealed? Uh, and then how long is that until you know the figure is kind of on shelves? It really depends a lot. Like sometimes it's it's really quick. Like I remember doing the the Razor Crest was the fastest one because I think they were just it didn't have to be completely finished. It just had to be up on Kickstarter or not yeah. Kickstarter. Sorry, whatever their Hasbro Pulse, whatever. Um, yeah, same thing, same concept. But that was like I remember sculpting those, and then like I think like a month or two later it was up on that. Um, but that was the fastest anything has ever been. Um, it's usually like, usually like a year at least, sometimes more. How um, long ago did you uh, a sculpt Mall? I think that was 2019. Oh wow! I can look <laughs> for sure back in my things, but I think that was 2019. So okay. it's been it's been quite a while. Okay, I was gonna say I know I, I hate that I know the exact dates that you know the figure was revealed early January went up for pre order January 29th. No, it's cool. like without people like I wouldn't have a job. So like it's it's very cool that people care about it. Of, We've got um, your back. Yeah, <laughs> um, thank you. But yeah, and it just it just uh, kind of started hitting uh, stateside in July, August, September, um, mm -hmm. kind of in there. So yeah, that's so what about eighteen months? Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely, that was definitely 2019. Okay. Sweet. Oh man. I bet. Uh, yeah, that was, that was something that we all wanted. We, he was actually going to be on our, uh, March madness bracket as well. Uh, and he placed very high in the top 100, but we did disqualify him since there were rumors (laughs) circulating at the time of creating the bracket that, uh, he was going to be coming. So when it was re- when it was revealed, we all just kind of collectively crapped our pants and we're like, yes. <laughs> so uh, the figure didn't disappoint either. Again, awesome. nothing but praise for it. Good Lord. I, I bought, I think uh, it's a running joke that uh, I forgot to cancel uh, pre-orders. I just pre-ordered it from everywhere. And I think I have mm-hmm. 14 of this mall. Oh, <laughs> um, well. Yeah. And I, I know I've been, you know, given some away. <laughs> I've sold yeah. a couple to some folks just that didn't get them. And uh, I've kept a few extras because uh, the head sculpt uh, is something I want to singularly point out um, that it is maybe the best Darth Maul likeness uh, ever oh, made. Thank you. So I know a lot of us have found that the head sculpt on this mall uh, goes nicely on older Darth Maul figures to make him. Well, look. there's a reason for that. I used um, so I used Ray Park as reference, like oh, that's okay. who they wanted to use. But yeah, yeah I, I referenced Ray Park, and then I tried to also. Uh, the idea was to use him as reference, but age him to the appropriate age that he would have been at that time, if that makes sense. So there was yeah. a lot of thought put into that portrait sculpt, for sure. Awesome. That's fascinating. I know um, when we were looking at it, it's kind of, you know, since you were, it seems to be straddling the line, like the realistic style. But yeah, mm-hmm. based on the Clone Wars, where he's got the more gaunt thing. So it's a very nice, uh, happy medium. And exactly. I, I'd say you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, a, that, that makes me really happy because portrait sculpts are some of the most difficult things that, that I do as a sculptor. And it's always really, it's always really good when you nail one, you know, it's always like, I yeah. always feel good because it's, it is very challenging. <laughs> Oh man, I could I could talk about this mall figure for days, but I I won't gush gush anymore about it. Um, I I really appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you so much. Sometimes I look at my Amazon reviews and I like I'll be like, all right, I'm not a failure in life. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If if you ever have to point at one thing in life, uh, definitely the mall figure at the very okay, least. Awesome. So yeah, screw your friends, family, whatever, personal life achievements. Darth Maul. That's what it was. <laughs> he he's so iconic. You know, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> oh man, I uh yeah I. Mm. Mm-mm, that figure is so good. Um, you know, you said you love the villains. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, are there any any Star Wars characters that you wish that you had had the chance to sculpt or any existing uh, figures uh, that you'd have loved to take a crack at? I would love, obviously, the hero that I didn't get to do. I would have loved to get to do her. Uh, she's just such a fun character that I really think needs to be explored more because I think her story could be really interesting. Um, I don't know that they did it justice in Han Solo, but I think Perhaps they could eventually. <laughs> um, and then definitely, just because I'm so obsessed with all the costume work on the prequels, just definitely Padme. I think she would, any of her costumes, especially the Queen Amidala stuff, would be super, super great to get to sculpt. Oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah. You know, that would be welcome. Uh, it's another thing, too, that uh, there's only one, uh, there's two two Padmes in uh, the vintage collection. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last one is from like 2012. Uh, You know, we're all kind of hoping to get an attack of the clones for the 20th anniversary, hoping to get a Geonosis all new sculpt. of her. So uh, rooting, rooting for you to get that one. If you get to, if you get to sculpt her, because that is a much needed, much requested figure. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just me just projecting, throwing things out in the ether to anyone who will listen. Um, Yeah. I think it's hard to tell sometimes where people stand with the prequels because I feel like it's always going back and forth. Like sometimes people are like, 
yeah, what, what happened? We want more of these characters. And sometimes people are like, no, I never want to see it again. I want to forget it exists. So I think there's probably a little bit of, uh, you know, I can't speak for Hasbro, but I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, maybe hesitation. Yeah. I, you know, I get, it. I know the, uh, the sequel merchandise didn't sell as great as I think anyone wanted it to. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of uh, ire for those movies. Personally, I enjoy them. I'm one of those heathens and I would like to see more figures. Uh, yeah. We still don't have a, uh, uh, Kylo Ren from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you know, that is like, interesting. Yeah. like I said, you like to work on the villains campaign for some villain projects because I will. I'll like we need like, some, hey. I could yeah. rattle them off. We need director Krennic. We need Kylo Ren from Rise of Skywalker. We need uh, Palpatine from Rise of Skywalker, Dryden mm -hmm. Voss, all that stuff. So <laughs> uh villains bring us villains my buddy uh tim uh over he has a youtube channel called busk's bounty and uh he did a he did a really cool video uh talking about all the villains that were missing and my teammate john made mock-up card backs for him so uh there's a market for villains these days so you're in you're in the right focus for liking to sculpt them <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'll keep advocating i always am i'm always like hey send me villains so maybe uh maybe my energy into the <laughs> into yeah. will also help <laughs> yeah. And and so you said uh, Kira was the one that you'd uh, wish that you kind of had a chance. Yeah, to kind for of, sure. Kind of there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to see uh, hopefully someday that figure does materialize because I would, I would love Me a too. Kira figure that uh, has multiple points of articulation and yes. isn't based on the first uh, five minutes of the movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, I think I, I think I covered most of the questions that I wanted to get from you. Uh, and already ranted at you about figures I want to see and I hope that you get to work on because if mm -hmm. uh, if they're I, I'm gonna buy any figure you work on I, I oh, swear thank you. I, I'm so stoked I'm gonna buy any figure in general but good lord I yeah I, I have this Gideon over here too I've, I've really been enjoying the retro collection uh, as well yeah I, so. I have him too I, I need to get them all the mall is like the only one of mine that I don't have right now just because we we're moving in so I didn't want to put in pre-order for it because i was like i'm not sure where exactly this is going but that is the one figure i need well i've got extras so just let me know oh, yeah. i'll send you okay. one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh let's see last question here uh do you have any advice for any aspiring uh designers hoping to maybe break into the in industry yeah um, i think if they want to sculpt action figures specifically like what i do um the best way to do that is to obviously learn ZBrush because everything we do for the figures is, is primarily in ZBrush. It's like really the main sculpting program we use. So even if you completely ignore every other 3D program, you must learn ZBrush. Um, and then I would say following that, you have to get really good at anatomy and portraiture is a big plus too. Uh, those are the two biggest things that I think Hasbro looks for for portfolios. Um, and then if you want to really stand out to them and, and, you know, make them know you're serious is attempt articulation. Like it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you really want to get started, like they are really excited about people who are passionate about articulation and who are able to at least think about it and add it into their sculpts. So those would be the main three things that I would focus on if you want to be a toy sculptor. Um, and obviously, you know, articulation translates to a lot of different companies and, you know, Mattel and et cetera, and anyone else making action figures. So it's not just a Hasbro thing. I think most people making action figures would be impressed by that type of knowledge and, and that type of, you know, um, drive to make them. So. Sweet. Well, 
thank you so much for uh, throwing that out there and for answering all my silly questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And then, uh, you know, just uh, as I've kind of mentioned a few times, of course, this is a TVC focused one. We have our, you know, petitions and hashtags of keep 375 alive and balance the scales Hasbro. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance to, uh, you know, throw those at anybody's uh, anybody's direction, like, hey, I think these folks might want a couple more action figures. Uh, you know what, to, you know where to find us. I'll, I'll advocate for you guys. I'll put a good word in. Oh, uh, you're the best, Sarah. Well, thank you again so much. Is there any, anything else you want to throw out there before we uh, sign off on this chat? Uh, no, just thanks guys for like liking the figures and, and continuing to collect and buy them. Like it's, it's means a lot to me personally, like, you know, that people enjoy them. It takes a lot of, hours and sweat and blood and tears to make them so it's it means a lot to me personally that people enjoy them you know hell yeah well we appreciate you my thanks again to sarah for taking the time out of her schedule to hop on a zoom call with me to gab about toys to me toy designers are essentially celebrities they sometimes get to have access to stuff before us fans do and they have unique insight into the things we fall in love with on our screens and are able to translate that over to be immortalized into action figure form if you're curious about seeing some more of Sarah's work, uh, be sure to look at your action figure shelves and admire the beauty of figures like Darth Maul. But also be sure to check out her Instagram page at Sarah underscore Lynn underscore Reynolds. Uh, I'll tag her on this post uh, where she posts up and renders and uh, looks at projects she's worked on. Uh, I believe at the time of posting this, she has the ZBrush renders of Maul currently fresh up there. So head on over and check those out. I'm sure those are dope. Anyway, here's the usual stuff for the outro. Make sure you're following us over at uh, at SWTVC for the latest goings on from the SWTVC team. And if you aren't already, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you have a sec, please consider dropping us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well, as that really does help us out. Uh, we've even made it super easy. Just click on the link tree in our Instagram profile, and there's a link there to do a quick little rate and review. Lastly, please be sure to put down the pitchforks after hearing me say nice things about Mission Fleet Black Series and Retro Collection. I hope you all know that my allegiance is to the Vintage Collection, to Legacy! Only a Sith deals in absolutes. On that note, thank you again to Sarah. And that's it for this episode of the SWTVC Podcast. As always, keep 375 alive, back TVC, balance the scales, Hasbro, finish the 96, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>